You know, as I was hearing that song, I was reminded of the story of David and Goliath. And when he was ready to approach Goliath, he said, who are you to defy the armies of the living God? And I thought, wow, what big words for a kid. And so maybe someone, uh, one of you needs to hear that today, just to be reminded. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. So if there's something you're facing that feels impossible or giant to you, God is fighting with you and for you. Well, my name's Lisa. I'm one of the pastors here, and I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I know holidays sometimes can be a mixed bag for us. Uh, I was able to go home to Michigan and spend a day with my immediate family, my brother, sister, their families, and my parents are all in Michigan, and I regrettably say that I was destroyed in Scrabble by my niece and my nephew. <laughs> so there's that. If you guys want to play me in Scrabble, you'll probably win. But it was still a good memory nonetheless. Well, hey, as I was thinking and praying about what this morning needed to look like, I thought, I think this is a morning we kind of need to catch our breath a little bit. If you were here last week, that was a special day in the life of our church, very significant. Also, very emotionally loaded of a morning. And so uh, what I want to do uh, in part of our time with you this morning is just to help us process that in some time uh, in prayer and reflection with Jesus. So when I say process, I don't mean turn to your neighbor. I promise you I'm not going to make you do that because I hate that. <laughs> but some time of personal prayer. So I'll take us through a guided prayer experience um, doing that. And then I just want to be transparent with you a little bit about how I'm approaching my new role as interim lead pastor and, and kind of what that looks like. I'm guessing some of you might be wondering. So we can talk about it this morning. And then I just want to close with some encouraging words that I have been reading this week from Jesus that I think will be helpful to us as a church as we move forward. So, sound good? All right. Well, I'm going to sit for the first portion of this. Some of you that maybe have um, attended Summer Chapel or been in other spaces with me, or I think I've done this maybe once in a Sunday service, but a guided prayer time. And uh, I just encourage you to be open and follow along. I'm going to kind of be your prayer guide this morning. And the purpose of of this experience that we're going to do is um, to be able to recall an event that was significant, which for many of us, that was last Sunday. If you weren't here, then you can think of another memory or an event. But I specifically kind of wanted to hone in on this, this time in our church and this uh, space of transition and change and to be able to, to take that in and invite the presence of Jesus into that space with us. And as I have done these different um, prayer experiences, I find that uh, when I've received them and, and I've also led them, that sometimes God kind of surprises us with what he wants to show us or what he wants to remind us of. So that's what we're going to do this um, beginning portion. And a few things for you to keep in mind. Uh, first of all, it'll take maybe about eight minutes or so. So that's about how long the, the guided time will take. Um, it's hopefully going to be really quiet in here, so you'll be able to focus. And uh, 
sometimes in prayer, my mind wanders. Does yours? Mine does. So hopefully my, my prompts will help you stay um, in the lane of, of our reflection. This isn't about performing. So this isn't about doing it right, okay? So if you have that bend to perform, just let that go. It will be what it will be. And, and I, wa- I want you to know that God is more than capable to be able to relate to you what he wants to tell you today. He's more than capable. So you don't have to work for it, okay? You just need to be open and ready to receive. Sometimes God speaks through an image that might pop up in our mind. Sometimes he speaks through a thought or a phrase. Um, And all of that we find in scripture in ways that God has spoken to his people. Sometimes he speaks to us in in how our our maybe body feels it, whether it's something in our gut or maybe we start crying. I think that's all, um, those are examples of ways that God might want to speak to us today. If you're visiting or maybe you're still exploring Jesus and this sounds really weird to you, I just encourage you to to observe and receive and um, part of the time we'll be reflecting on something that brings us joy and so um, that's always a good exercise. So maybe you can jump in and, and be a part of that. So just let it be what it is and uh, we'll see what, what God does. Does that sound good? All right, well, get comfortable in your chair. It helps me to close my eyes. I'll uh, open us up in prayer. And again, the first thing is I'll I'll ask you to kind of recall an event that you want to relive and reimagine in the presence of Jesus with you. It's helpful to kind of pay attention to your breath as breathing calms us and it heightens our awareness around us. So Jesus, we welcome you in this space specifically in this time of prayer. And I ask that you draw near to each man and woman and child and student. Help us to know your loving presence and to know your voice. I pray that what we think, what we come to understand, and how we experience this moment aligns with your heart. Please protect this space from any distraction or any scheme of the evil one to take away what you have for us this morning. Please awaken us to you. Help us to be at peace. So I invite you just to do a simple prayer in your heart and say, Lord, I know you're here with me. Help me be aware of your presence. And now I want you to identify an event that you want to think about with Jesus. It could be last Sunday morning, or it could be another moment in the life of our church this year that has had to do with our transition and change. So ask God to bring to mind what he wants you to sit with this morning. Begin to think about it in detail. See the people that you were with or the room that you were in.
ask God to help you remember. Notice what you saw, what you heard. Now, if you could relive one moment that brought you joy. What would it be? A moment of gratitude. Something that filled you with life. And I want you to sit with that moment and experience it all over again. And if you feel comfortable, ask Jesus, how, are, how were you with me in this moment? Please show me. Maybe it was a smile. sense of peace. Maybe there's an image in your head that you see. Just notice everything. And offer your gratitude to God for that. The presence of Jesus was with you in your joy. And he likes to be with you. As you continue to think about that event, that memory, did you experience anything um, that was difficult, a painful emotion maybe? Were you sad? Disappointed? Did you have a sense of grief or loss? If you experienced a difficult emotion, um, could you name that? And then if you want, ask Jesus, Jesus, what was underneath me feeling that way? Could you show me why I felt the way I felt? And just ask him.
You might have even felt it with your body in terms of tears, perhaps, or a knot in your stomach. Notice all those things. And then again, ask Jesus, how are you with me in this moment? Or where were you in the room? Perhaps an image or a thought or a face of somebody comes to mind. God deeply cares for you in sorrow, in disappointment, in confusion. How do you sense his love and care for you? Right then. And as we near the end of this um, prayer time, you can ask God in, in both my joy and in my pain, is there anything else you want me to know or see? I'm open and I invite all that you have for me. He cares about every detail of your life and every care of your heart. And now you can close with a simple prayer of thanks to him for being with you in this time. And tell him whatever else you want to tell him before we close. He's listening. And he's attentive to you. Jesus, we thank you for this time of pausing and inviting you into our memory and into our experience. And Lord, I, I just ask that if there was anything of you in your heart that you want to be anchored into my, my friends' hearts today, I pray that you anchor it. 
there's anything that was not of you, I pray that just washes away. And God, continue to fill this place with your peace and your love this morning. Thank you for being with us. In your name I pray, amen. All right, I, I don't know how that was for each one of you, but um, I think it's always helpful to debrief that experience, especially if you felt like maybe you did a, receive something that you want to remember. It always is helpful to share that. Um, if you got to the end of that prayer experience and maybe you were so distracted you couldn't participate or it just wasn't connecting with you, that's okay too. That's okay too. But I do sense a, a, a feeling of peace in here and calm, and so that's a good thing. This exercise practices both gratitude and grief, and I have learned that when we pay attention and practice gratitude and when we also do grief work, it makes room in our soul for joy. And so just as an encouragement, let's continue to practice gratitude. Let's continue to do grief work as we need to because it makes room in our souls for joy. Well, when I think about 2023, talk about gratitude and grief, <laughs> That has been my experience, and I'm guessing for many of you too. I, I don't know if I have cried as much in a year as I have this year. So it has been a very difficult year, but it also has been a very beautiful year, and I'm finding that's kind of the way life goes a lot of the times. Uh, this morning, I just wanted to share some of my heart with you, and um, perhaps some of you are wondering, what is Lisa thinking? How is she gonna approach this new role? What's on her list of to-dos, all those things. You know, I'm wondering the same thing. So <laughs> we're going to learn this together. But thank you for all of you who have um, made it a point to encourage me and to support me, to send texts or share a meal or a hug. Thank you so much. And thank you on behalf of my staff team and our board for your encouragement as well. Well, I went away to D.C. the end of October because I wanted to pray through um, whether or not to, to say yes to this um, position as interim lead pastor. And when it comes to discernment, there's just this space deep inside where I want to feel settled that, that uh, I have felt the peace of God in a decision. And I hadn't quite got to that deep, deep place yet. And so I said, Lord, you've got to bring me here if this is something you want me to say yes to. And on the very last day I was there, Finally, finally got that. So I made a few phone calls first to Amy, our chair, and then to Matt, and I said yes. And um, just personally, when it comes to, to discernment, I first asked, God, are you in this, and how do I see that? And to the best of my ability, I see the fingerprints of God in our journey, even though it's been hard. And I see his presence uh, as guiding me and, and my role here too. And the second, I ask, does this fit my story? Does this fit my life? And a practice that I like to do is just, it's called listening to your life and the direction. And sometimes that kind of helps with decision making. And, um, and I love this church. I love you. I love my staff team. And I want to be able to serve in a way that, that is helpful and makes sense and to let you know, this isn't a job for me. This is a calling. I, um, six and a half years ago, when I was working in Omaha, I, 
had an ordination service. You may wonder, what is that? Ordination service. Well, my, my denomination um, is just kind of a fancy word of, of a process of going through and, and confirming a call in a pastor's life and, and uh, really uh, taking some time together to discern and to support and to encourage in um, that direction of life. And so that was a three and a half year process for me. And when I got to the ceremony, I remember uh, one of the leaders stood up and he gave me a charge in front of our church. And he said, Lisa, there's gonna be days that are hard and seasons and times you're gonna wanna give up, but I wanna give you three words to always remember um, to say to God when those times come. And he said, those three words are, here am I. And this week as I was thinking about um, this, this time with you, I, I remembered that, and I'm thinking, boy, I'm glad he kept it simple to three words, because then I was able to remember that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be myself with you. I've learned that in my 40s, it's much better just to accept yourself for who you are and not who you're not, so that's what we're going to do, and uh, you know, Matt and I have had many conversations, and he's been, he's been very good to help me kind of in this transition, and, and uh, surprise, we're wired differently. <laughs> And I don't know if you've heard this before, but, but uh, a lead pastor wears kind of three hats. Wears the hat as a teacher, a shepherd, and a like CEO administrator. And usually one of those hats kind of rises to the top as kind of the main hat. And so we were talking and, you know, Matt's main hat would say is teacher. And my main hat would be more of shepherd, kind of more of that relational care kind of component. And we're very open about that. And they're both good, just different, mixed, just different gift sets. And uh, we heard this quote that we really liked, and it said, some pastors uh, lead more through their teaching, and other pastors teach more through their leading. Did you get that? And so kind of as we thought about it, we're like, yeah, Matt kind of has led more through his teaching, and I'm someone that's probably going to teach more through my leading. And um, we're going to go for it and do that. And you can, I guess you can kind of see me as a warm-up, you know, in this transition as you get ready for change for whoever the next uh, lead pastor will be. So as we kind of take the rest of our time this morning, I wanted to uh, share a little bit about uh, what my role is going to look like in this basic form, because I think it's important to be open with you and to kind of understand how that's working out, as well as our staff team. And then I just wanted to close with a few enc encouraging words for the morning. So four main rocks uh, as, as uh, we move forward in this interim period is uh, first is staff team and oversight, second, Sunday morning worship services, third, strategic leadership and planning. Um, that always sounds really riveting and exciting, doesn't it? And fourth, uh, discipleship. And so the overall heart as we move forward is for this season to be a time of, of stability, stabilizing us, and a time of preparation as we think about what is next. And so staff team, my goodness, we've got such a, a beautiful staff team. And the more and more that I work with them, the more I am grateful for them. You know, I spent about 20 years in the world of sports, and one of the life lessons sports taught me was a strong team ethic. And one of those aspects of the team ethic is whoever's, whoever's on the floor, that's your team and that's who you play with. 
and you go for it, and you work hard, and you have a good attitude. I remember at Michigan State when our starting setter went down, beginning of the season, and I thought, are you kidding me? But guess what? Someone else goes in, and we continue to play, and we finish off the season. Uh, did anyone watch the OSU U of M game yesterday? Whoa. <laughs> okay, let's not totally get derailed. But the O-lineman for Michigan, he, he got injured, didn't he? And he had to go out of the game. They took him out on a stretcher, and I, my heart broke for this guy. But guess what? Someone else went in, and the very next play, they scored. And I thought, wow, now that's a way to respond. That's a way to respond. So I think you know where I'm going with this, but uh, I'm ready to jump in with our team and uh, wanted just to share a little bit about each one of them. You know, I have been amazed at the faithfulness and loyalty of the staff that have been with, been with this church a lot from the beginning. Um, Jill has 10 plus years on staff. You know, Cliff, 14 plus years. Christy, with her um, volunteer and staff time, 10 plus years. And when you think about us losing three staff, that was half their staff team. That's crazy in terms of a loss, but also extraordinary in terms of their faithfulness and perseverance through that. And so I have mad respect for that because I know I've come very late in the scene to this church. But Jill, her forethought and her planning, the way she loves our kids so well and the way she loves our family. Last week, I heard you know, the lengths she went to make sure that she had enough people to help downstairs so that she didn't have to come into the service and take anybody out to interrupt their, their time of the special service we had. And so it's, it's those little things that aren't little, they're so big, that speak much love to our church. Cliff, I sat down with him over some breakfast a few weeks ago, and I just said, help me understand what you do, Cliff. Help me understand your role. I'm not a musician, Lord knows. How do you put the teams together, you know? And I said, so what would you say your vibe is, our style on a Sunday morning? How would you describe it? And he said, I'd say folk and Americana. And I said, Americana? I know Americano is something you drink, but Americana. So anyway, we just got a kind of a good laugh at, if you guys didn't know, it's folk Americana, okay, in case you were wondering. But um, I love his, the humility of which he leads, his deep heart for uh, the people in his band and how he seeks on Sundays just to lead from a place of purity and worship. And I'm grateful for him. Christy is kind of our administrative detail guru. She keeps this place going. Uh, volunteer coordination. She's really stepped in a lot in some of the gaps in the last few months and taken on more. Handles a lot of our communication. And she's also been very integral in resourcing our family ministries and helping with these events and, and uh, really moving in our vision of empowering families. So grateful for her. And then, you know, along came Tyler and me two and a half years ago. So <laughs> lucky us. <laughs> but uh, Tyler's our youth pastor, just loves our, our students so well, not just on Sunday nights when this place is popping, but over breakfast early in the morning during the week and um, texts the kids, goes to school events. Um, hey, if I had a kid, I'd want them in our children's and youth ministries. And he uh, also steps in and does, will do some preaching and, and some music help from time to time. So I share all that because I just want you to know uh, who our team is and what they do. And I'm proud of them. Yeah. 
Craig, I'm just going to have to ask you to, you know, forgive me later, but I do want to, since I see you, Craig Johnson has stepped in as our, do, our new building manager, and that has been a huge gift to us. Craig, thank you for doing that. Uh, Jeremy Neckers will continue to do some behind-the-scenes stuff through the end of the year. Grateful for his help and uh, Matt as well. I'm not letting that boy off the hook. No, no. He'll have some things to do, too, uh, in, in this last month with us. So that is our, our team. I find them very capable, very hardworking, a heart that is full of love for this church and for Jesus. And so I'm looking forward to working with them. Our Sunday morning services is another area that I'll be overseeing. Some of you may wonder, Lisa, are you speaking every week? No. The answer is no. Uh, we will be bringing in a few different voices from outside as well as some people from inside of our church, and I'm really looking forward to it. We've really hit, hit the planning hard this week and already have a lot of our, our um, calendar um, getting plugged in for this, these coming months um, starting in next year, and so I'm excited for that. Um, Cliff will continue to, to lead our worship band, and so uh, Sunday mornings will, we'll, uh, I believe, continue to move forward with excellence, and we'll have a chance to learn from many different voices and many different people, and I think that can be refreshing for all of us. You know, when I was uh, in my mid-20s, I was a part of a church, and I just started attending, and they had a staff transition of their lead pastor right away, and I was like, are you kidding me? And, you know, because sometimes it takes time to decide uh, what church you want to start attending. And I just remember God taught me so much in that transition of like, Lisa, okay, what is church again and why do you attend? And so it really made me do a lot of self-reflection in terms of um, how do I approach coming to church on Sundays? And actually the church isn't the Sunday or the building, it's all of you. And it's Monday through Saturday just as much. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Um, and so I decided to stay and I plugged in and I jumped in and I started to serve and was part of a small group and I, I just decided, you know what, you can learn from anybody. And it was a very special time in my life in learning uh, more about the heart of church. Jesus grew my heart for the church in my early 20s and, you know, we are his plan A when it comes to uh, showing Jesus to the world and representing him and bringing hope and redemption to the people around us. So important, important place. Uh, third rock, strategic leadership and planning. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but this is kind of where we are going to evaluate our seven-year vision, continue to move forward in our mission of inviting people to hope in Jesus. I'll be working closely with our elder board. And I got to give them a shout out to, okay, if you don't know who's on our elder board, here's who's on our elder board. Mary Kaminsky, Cam Andre, Ryan Ellsworth, Tom Davis, Beth Bilby, Ted Baker, and our chair, Amy Reed. And if you don't know who they are, ask me or ask someone and we'll show you. And please just express your appreciation and thanks to them. They've been working so hard and I'm so grateful uh, for their leadership and their love for our church. Ooh. Oh, okay. And then lastly, discipleship. So um, I kind of vacated the role as discipleship pastor, but discipleship never stops, you guys, right? All that we do is discipleship. So I'll just need to be more creative of what that looks like in terms of helping our church in the areas of formation and group life and service. I already have some ideas for Lent. 
Um, so probably won't be doing any big all church things like rooted, deeper, or seeking shalom. And some of you might not be sad about it. So <laughs> I hear you laughing. But I look forward to continue to, to helping us be with Jesus, be like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. All right. Well, to close our time, I, I had some words from scripture that I wanted to share with you. And uh, my mind went to the upper room when Jesus was with his disciples. And, you know, Jesus knew what was coming. They didn't. But he knew that a lot of change was coming. And he knew that a lot of hardship was coming and a lot of confusion was coming. And so I kind of lean in when I think, hmm, what did Jesus want them to know then with all of this coming, with his death, his resurrection, and change? And so I just have a few things I wanted to, to share with you out of uh, chapters 14 through 16. I'm just going to kind of be popping around and sharing some of those verses. But at the basic level, I feel like there are some things that Jesus wanted them to know. And then there are some things he wanted them to do uh, with this change coming. And with life just ready to kind of flip their world upside down. So the first that my attention uh, went to is John 14, when Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, or counselor, or helper, can also be the word there, to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you. And then I love this, he says, And he will be in you, and I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The disciples were asking him all kinds of questions like, Lord, where are you going? Why can't we come with you? I mean, it was like Philip and Thomas and Peter, and they're all having all these questions. Where are you going? What's going on? And I love it how he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to be with you. And I know what's coming, but don't you for a second think that I've abandoned you. So I'm going to send you a helper. And I'm going to send you someone who's going to teach you all things. He also said in verse 25, all this I have spoken to you while still with you. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. So he's saying, I'm giving you someone who's going to be with you. And it's going to be okay. He continues on and he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and don't be afraid. Don't you love that about Jesus? He's like, I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want your hearts to, to go towards just being so troubled and so heavy. I want you to know I'm going to give you my peace. And he says it again a chapter later. It's like the peace sandwich. <laughs> he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace because why? In this world, you will have trouble. He just calls it. He just says it as it is. But take heart because I've overcome the world. And so he wanted to reiterate to him over and over again, look, guys, I know it's going to be hard. I know you're going to be anxious. I know you're going to be afraid. I know you're probably going to question everything that I've ever taught you and anything that's happened. But I want you to know that I'm going to give you a peace that is not of this world, but it's of me. Moving on in uh, chapter 16, verse 7. After he had warned them of all these things that are going to go wrong, <laughs> he 
He says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Because unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And what I focused in on this week is that phrase he says, it is for your good that I go away. And I was reminded again that the heart of Jesus is to always move in a direction for our good. No matter how much it might feel otherwise. It's for your good that I go away, he said. And the advocate's going to come. So church, if there's something going on in your life right now that maybe has nothing to do with this, maybe you just need to hear today that Jesus ultimately is still for your good, even if it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes we just have to believe that by faith. And then lastly, the something that I know that Jesus wanted them to know was this. He said, verse 20, very truly I tell you, you will weep and you will mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. So he just calls it out. Jesus just calls it out. He says, guys, you're going to be really, really sad. You're going to grieve. You're going to have a sorrow you've never known. And the world is going to be rejoicing. I think he's talking about his crucifixion here. He says, but I want you to know that your joy will come. And that joy will come in time. He says, so this is with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. Church, we're in a time of grief right now. And I wish I could say we could just kind of wrap that up and move forward, but it might linger for a while. And that's okay because it's honoring the impact of what Matt's legacy has left to us and all that this church is that in some ways, you know, some things are changing. And so when it comes to our church, yeah, there is grief and there is impact and it's okay to acknowledge that. But I love the words of Jesus that just as it was for these disciples at this time, I think it can be for us today as well, where he says, you will weep for a while, but your joy will come. And we can believe him for that. We just can't hurry it along because that doesn't ever go well. <laughs> and then lastly, Jesus, there were a few things he wanted them to do. And he said, I want you to remain in me. Remember those words, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me and you will bear much fruit. What does that mean? Jesus is saying, stay connected to me. Spend time with me. Find your source of life in me. Just like a, a branch is attached to the vine, be attached to me. Because if you do that, you're going to bear much fruit. And I want to be a church that continues to bear fruit. Let's be a church that continues to bear fruit. It's not about producing. It's just about being available and being attached to God. And he will do the work for us. And part of that remaining in God is the asking. Jesus said over and over again, he's like, ask pray, ask. And so church, I just encourage you in this season, let's be asking God for big things 
in our life and for the life of our church and to continue to believe that he's got us and he's moving us forward. And then lastly, Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this than one who's laid down his life for his friends. And this is something you do so well, so just keep doing it. Church, you love so well, and you've been so kind and so faithful and so supportive this year. You've been resilient, and let's just keep doing that. And I think one of the best ways that we can love each other is to show up, is to keep showing up. By you showing up, it's an expression of, of love for each other, not just here. I'm not just talking about on Sunday mornings, but in your everyday lives and how you love one another and be a friend and be the family of God. Cliff, if you want to uh, come, come up, we're going to be closing in a, a song. And um, this song is called King of My Heart. And as we're closing our, our time today, um, just wanted to address direct our attention to the king of our heart this morning and our focus on who he is. And I love some of the lyrics of this song that kind of are pictures or metaphors for uh, how Jesus is the center or the source or the life of who we are. But there's a part of the song that I've always struggled with. And it almost made me say, I don't want to do that song on Sunday. But it's that part when you sing, you're never going to let you're never going to let me down. You know that part? And when, sometimes when I, I hear that, I think, God, but I've been so disappointed. I've had so much disappointment. Can I sing that? Is that true? And then I take a step back and say, well, in the grand scheme of things, in the big picture of life, that is the desire of God is for our good, right? And the words that we just read, is for our good. He doesn't want to let us down. Sometimes it feels that way. And so when we get to that part in the song and you have a hard time singing it, or now you do because I brought it up, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I encourage you to sing it by faith. And sometimes I just hold my hands out and I say, God, I, I don't know if I believe this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it by faith today and I'm going to sing it because of the character of who you are. So once you stand, we're going to sing this song together and then I'll close us in prayer. Would you pray with me? Jesus, even when it doesn't feel like it, may we know that you are a good God. May we know that you are for us, for our church. May we know your peace and your comfort in our life. May we know the joy that will come after the grieving. May we know the dancing that comes after the tears. Thank you that you have been faithful to our church and you will continue to be. And Lord, I pray that we may draw near to you, remain in you, and give us the capacity to love one another in a way that you love us. In your precious name, amen. Now may the peace of Jesus and the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the love 
of our good Father go with you today. Be blessed.